That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to I've Heard That, the podcast from Heard App Marketing that discusses digital marketing trends, tips, and more. Hi, everyone. It's Megan Trapp uh, with Heard App Marketing. I'm so excited about today's uh, episode. I have Ross, um, our SEO director, and Bailey, our content director, um, and we are going to nerd out about Google's algorithm. Um, so tell me, what happens when you do a search? Break it down for me. So obviously, Google is a really smart um, search engine. Um, it has billions of pages. Um, and so when you enter your, your search phrase or your query, um, in a fraction of a second, Google will go and search. Um, think of it as a library, um, like a huge, huge library of billions and billions of pages. Uh, in a fraction of a second, it's going to pull back uh, the most relevant uh, pages for that query. Um, and it, it's super smart in the way that it does it. Um, it can be done um, so quickly because they have multiple data centers around the world. So if you're doing a search like here in Omaha, there'll be a data center within a couple hundred miles, if not closer. So it's not having to travel to the other side of the world to bring back that data. Um, it stores multiple versions of the data all across the world. So billions and billions of pages, billions of fragments of pages that that it searches through in like in a fraction of a second. So it's super fast. It's super smart. It knows exactly what you're looking for. Even if your query really doesn't make sense to most people, um, it makes sense to Google. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what, what's it looking at? So like when there's like all these pages... What about these pages? Um, is it really indexing to like give you the right answer? So it's, it's looking at things like um, the relevance of those pages to what you're searching for, and the, the meaning of your search, like the intent. What is the intent of your search? What is it you're looking for? So it's looking at those kind of things, um, and then it will as assess your website in terms of like the quality of the content. Um, the usability of the web pages, um, the speed of which those web pages are, are, are loading, um, like the context of those web pages too, because there's a lot of things um, that can mean something else. So like the word like change can mean several different things. It could be like a, a loose change in your pocket and it could be the change in the weather or it could be a million different things. So Google really does a great job of, of like processing the language and understanding what it is that you're, you're trying to search for. Mm -hmm. It's also pulling, like when Ross says uh, content, it's not just pulling text from websites across the web, obviously. Um, it's also pulling photos, videos, all kinds of other types of content. Yeah, and I think that's a good point because, I mean, what we're talking about today is the Google search algorithm because yep. there's a separate algorithm for paid search, the ads that are served up at the top. There's a separate algorithm for the local search pack, um, like the maps and like the Google My Business pins in the middle. So um, they all have similar features at some, like at some level, but because they're all trying to serve the right answer, yep. but they are actually different algorithms. So Yeah, so the search result pages are built of tens of different kind of sections. 
back in the old days, there used to be ads and there used to be organic search. That would be it. Now, when we look at the SERPs, we've got different features. Um, there's image carousels, there's video carousels, there's local packs, there's um, featured snippets, um, there's people also ask sections. Um, yes, ads are still there, but they're now at the top and in the bottom. So they're kind of either at the forefront or at the very end, uh, whereas they used to be along the side. So everywhere you looked, there was ads. Um, but in saying that, um, most of those um, features that I mentioned, um, local packs or the uh, carousels, will also now include ads too. So they're not just um, situated at the top or the bottom, they're actually scattered throughout. Um, and that's making the organic um, search much more difficult because uh, we don't have um, the, the visibility that we used to have when we were optimizing um, websites because we had those 10 blue links and they were prominent. You could see them, you would do the search and on the screen you'd have the 10 blue links. Now you do the search and on the screen you've probably got two. You have to scroll down to see the rest of them. And when you're looking on a mobile device, that's even worse. It takes you about five minutes to scroll up to get the organic results <laughs> because of all the different SERP features that are on there. So yes, a lot of those come from a, their own individual algorithms, um, but they all link into like the main core algorithm. That's the main one. That's the one that's always running. Um, but yes, a lot of the other things are displayed because they have their own kind of side algorithms that help to generate that content on the, the SERP result pages. Well, yeah, and because the the bottom line is Google wants to answer the question the best in the best way and the best um, like form of content. So if that's showing you a video, if that's showing you a local business, if that's showing you a website, if that's showing you um, a people also ask or yeah. a, like an FAQ, that, that like drop down uh, rabbit hole <laughs> that you can go down, um, it's just trying to give you the right answer so that, of course, I mean, obviously Google has the majority, like way past the majority of search share, market yeah. share, um, but they want to keep it that way and monetize it. So yep. it makes uh, sense that they're super smart. And oftentimes it's multiples options that are displayed. It's not just a single option. Like Google has an option for everything. So you do a search, you'll get a video, you'll get images, you'll get organic, you'll get... People also ask, you, you'll get one of, one, all of those SERP features on the vast majority of the, the searches that you do. So what are some of these things for you, Bailey, that are important to um, consider or optimize around when we're talking about um, creating content that is um, SEO friendly or like optimized? Yeah, I think it's exactly what I was kind of touching on earlier. Just the fact that there are so many different types of content now. Um, really, if you want to play kind of the full hand with Google, you need to have written content, visual content, video content, voice search optimized content, local intent content. Um, it's it's just a matter of like combining all of these different channels and these different approaches to content that can help you be more visible based on whatever Google decides to show in that particular search engine results page based on the search query. Cause obviously we know if, you know, if you're searching for a recipe, you're more likely to get visual content or video content specifically for recipes versus a post with a link that goes to the recipe itself. So it kind of just depends on what it is. And we have to approach each piece of content and the audience differently, depending on like what the subject matter is. Yeah, and I think that's a good point too. One, two things come up for me is like, what if you and Ross were to, to do the same search, you're going to get different results because you guys have different search history and you're like engaging with different type content. So it's like important to understand that uh, we've had clients ask us like, hey, I'm doing the search and I'm not coming up. And it's like, okay, there's so many things that go into a search. 
your proximity, what your search history is, like the person personalization, and like what keyword are you using or what's your search phrase? Yep. Um, so it's not just like, hey, I'm optimized. It's what um, audience do you want to reach, and then what? Are, how are they searching? Um, can you kind of expand on that, Bailey? Like when you're doing keyword research, like what are you looking at to target? Like, I mean, if I wanted to be found for, um, I don't know, restaurant, <laughs> it's a lot more competitive. So how do we kind of find that sweet spot? Yeah. So um, obviously we want to know, like if you're the restaurant, who your target um, audience is. I'm assuming it's a local audience because you're not going to be pulling in people from out of state. Like, hey, come to dinner tonight. Uh <laughs> So the biggest thing we're going to look at is optimizing around local intent there. So best restaurants near me, best restaurant in Omaha, Italian restaurant in Omaha, whatever it would be, um, focusing on the specific type of food that you serve, the service that you offer, and then the local area. So as we're doing research there, we're looking at keywords and search phrases with a local term attached to it. That's more likely um, it's more likely that you'll show up for that term if you are optimizing for your local area. Yeah, that's right. Don't take off. Don't bite off more than you can chew. I mean, I think what we've also seen is there's um, like really large industry players. And so if you're trying to be like all state and you're a local insurance agent, um, you have to set the correct expectations. Okay, you might, n- you probably won't beat out Allstate. They have like <laughs> bottomless pockets for advertising and for SEO and for optimizing their site. But how can you be found when someone's looking for the local Allstate agent? And that's you. And so how do you build your brand around that and your um, like your own page that's about you and how to contact you and what like listings you have or whatever? Yeah, and, and it goes back to one of the points Bailey just made about optimizing for locality for for the local intent um trying to go up against the big boys you're not going to win especially like all state or whatever it is but a lot of the time you can look for some of the more longer tail keywords that maybe have a little less search volume but they're much easier to rank for um and putting together like a bunch of those so like 10 of those long tail keywords can often bring you more traffic than trying to attain that single keyword that is a head term that has the most search volume because they're the ones that the big boys are, are, are optimizing for. And they, like you say, they have bottomless pockets. So part of the strategy is looking at some of those longer term, longer tail keywords that you can actually um, rank for, um, trying to get a strategy around those and, and, and building out pages that use that longer tail um, effect to try and get the traffic Whereas trying to throw your eggs into one basket and try and rank for that head term, it's not going to be a sustainable strategy for for a small, more localized business. And what Ross was saying too about um, the more competitive keywords, what he means by that is um, based on monthly search volume, um, the more monthly searches a keyword gets, the more competitive is. Um, So if you are just looking for insurance company, that keyword probably has hundreds of thousands of searches, possibly millions. um, Whereas adding like um, affordable insurance company in city state is a longer keyword that has fewer monthly searches because it's more specific to a local area and a particular intent. So it's easier to show up for terms like that. Exactly. Yep. And because it's super relevant, you know, if you're like one of 10 instead of one of 10,000, you have like a higher probability of getting that, that view or that click. And especially as a lot of the searches now are done using the voice, you can mm-hmm. optimize for those longer 
say or keywords because people are actually speaking into devices rather than typing it. When you're typing it out, you want to keep it as short and succinct as possible. But when you're speaking, you're, you can obviously use way more words and with much less effort. So it kind of plays hand in hand with uh, like using your mobile phone or um, home assistance when, when you're speaking your queries. Um, it really does fall hand in hand with those longer tail keywords. Yeah, definitely. So Bailey, do you want to dive in? Tell me about BERT and Google's uh, changes to how they process that. As, as Ross mentioned, like if you're typing in something, it's like Google speak, you're like, you're an insurance agent near me. And like, that's not something I would actually yeah. ask like, Hey Siri, can you find the the nearest Allstate agent um, mm. in Omaha? Like, can you explain a little bit about how Google is using um, BERT in the context of what we're asking it? Yep. So BERT was an update that came about, I'm going to say a year or two ago um, with Google. Um, and it's a natural language processing update. Now I'm sure you're probably like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> How do you even begin to understand that? So I'm going to break it down really simply here for you. Um, before BERT, uh, Google would get a search phrase and it would look at everything on a word by word basis. So let's use the phrase um, tips for traveling to Paris it would look at each one of those words individually without considering them as part of a whole phrase. So it would be tips. Okay, that could be the top of something. That could be advice. <laughs> uh, traveling. Is that to? Is it from? Um, Paris. Is that Paris, France? Is it Paris, Texas? We don't know. Uh, and it would try to assemble what it thought was the best result for those words. And most of the time, the results came back and were fairly relevant, but occasionally certain things like prepositional phrases would throw off what your results were. So you, like you might get traveling from Paris and you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to Paris. And the search engine didn't understand that. Now, however, with the BERT update, um, Google is looking at search phrases in its entirety. So it's understanding semantically and contextually what each of those words means in the full phrase. So when I say tips for traveling to Paris, Google now knows I am looking for advice specifically for traveling from wherever I am, which it knows my location, of course, to Paris. Um, and based on what my search history, I've probably looked at some Paris brands like guides and travel sites. So it knows I'm looking at friends. Um, and it's fascinating that it's doing this because it's essentially the AI is learning language the way that we understand it. We understand everything by context. A single word, as Ross pointed out with change, could mean anything. Um, but when it's in a whole phrase, you get more of an idea of what the intent behind it is. And that's what's fascinating about like optimizing, especially for what we just talked about with voice search. Like Full phrases are now being used to pull information. So if I ask Siri or Alexa or Cortana, any of the voice assistants, like, what temperature is it today? Um, that phrase tells the search engine and the algorithm, what is a question is, is a state of being temperature is my thing I'm looking for. And today has given it a time parameter. So it's understanding that in the whole context of what I want. And it gives me the best result for that, which is telling me what the temperature is today. So I, I could geek out about this forever. <laughs> it's like so fascinating to me from a linguistic perspective. Um, but it's also making it really interesting for us, like as SEOs and content marketers, like how do we continue to optimize around 
a language processor that's getting smarter every day. Well, I think you brought it to a good point. Like you're optimizing around the intent and not just like keyword stuffing, like, okay, we need tips and we need Paris in this article. It's like you're building content around the sentiment around the like context of what somebody might be looking for if they were looking for tips to traveling to Paris. Awesome. Um, what other factors do you see changing? Like it's 2021 now. Uh, Google's always dropping new algorithm changes like daily. Yep. I know runs, but um, yeah. What are your thoughts on what's in, whole, in store this year? Well, certainly for me, um, page experience, user experience is going to be key for this year. Um, Google's already announced that in May, um, what they're terming page experience is going to be part of the, key, the core algorithm. And what that means is basically how people um, actually interact with your site is going to be measured. So how long does the page take to load? How long does the person stay on the page? Do they interact with the page or do they just scroll? Or do you have interactive features on that page? Do you answer the intent? Are people staying there long enough or are they bouncing back to the SERPs to find the next answer? So the user experience and the page experience is going to be key. Um, the, the major update on that... UX has always been important, but the major update on that is now speed. The page has to load quickly, um, with those being core algorithm um, factors now. So if your page takes too long to load, you're not going to rank as high as somebody else's page at lang- that ranks um, like two milliseconds quicker. We are talking in terms of milliseconds here, um, and it's going to be that important. So squeezing every millisecond out of the page load speed is going to be crucial um, certainly come second half of this year but if we can do that now and be prepared for that and get things as quick as possible in this first six months of the year then we'll be in a great position come may when when the algorithm updates and page experience becomes part of that core algorithm yeah i think like at the end of the day it's doing right by um like the searcher by the client um because nobody wants to sit around and (laughs) wait for a website to load so of course google's going to value that your page load speed yep or um yeah what about you bailey what are your some of your predictions um, obviously, we know keyword research and keyword optimization is going to be a mainstay for pretty much forever. <laughs> but uh, um, I think it was back in late 2019, um, Google updated their algorithm to really prioritize topical authority as well. So if you are not an authority on a topic, no matter how well you optimize your content, you're probably not going to show up in those results. Um, it has to be relevant to what you do. So, you know, if uh, her, using Herda as an example, like Herda marketing, we can talk about marketing topics all day long. We can optimize for that. We're great. But if we tried to talk about the best cars on the market right now, that's not our subject matter expertise. And Google is going to be like, no, <laughs> you don't get to optimize for that. Sorry, we're going to let cars.com and car and driver and all these other things um, kind of take the take the lead on that subject. So that's going to be huge. And then I think in line with what I was saying with how, how voice search is prominent and how um, the language processing is getting better, um, really emphasizing um, more semantic variations in your keyword research and keyword optimization. So what I mean by that is finding relatable words and phrases um, in line with your main keywords that you're trying to get. Um, if, if you're not hitting those semantic variants, you're not providing enough context for Google to understand what your content is trying to do. So topical authority, semantic variations. 
speak human and not just speak <laughs> Google. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, anything else you would want to leave um, other marketers with or other business owners? I think the other thing to really call out this year in terms of Google is the fact that come March, um, every website will be assessed using the mobile um, crawler, using the mobile index. Um, if you don't have a mobile presence, um, you're going to be losing out on valuable um, rankings because Google will be looking everything through a, a mobile microscope. Um, so it's imperative that you have um, like a mobile presence of your website um, now, like yesterday. Yeah, and mobile, <laughs> I know, right? And mobile friendly is different than like mobile optimized, Correct. which I think is like a little bit confusing for business owners sometimes. So. Yeah, you, you can have a mobile presence, but it may not be optimized for, for mobile devices. You may be still displaying the same image you're displaying on the desktop device, which is 10, 20 times bigger than what you need to be. Yeah. So... My favorite is click to call. I'm like, oh, I'm on my phone. Like, make the button allowed. Like, allow me to call. Yep. Um, what oh, pop ups too are the other ones that I just visited a website the other day. Like, speaking from the user perspective, where it was not mobile optimized, and I was trying to scroll, and so many different things were popping up, and I was like, I'm sure this works great on the desktop, but on mobile, this makes my experience so much worse. Which is, again, another signal to Google's algorithm. Please don't show this website to anyone else. It's so frustrating. And then it knows when you go back to search results and yep. pick someone else. So it's like, oh, yeah, never mind. Bailey didn't like that. We're not going to show that one again. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing your expertise. Um, I love it. So I'm sure if we have any questions, um, let us know in our social channels. And thanks, Ross. Thanks, Bailey, for joining. I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I've Heard That is a part of the Heard At Media Network. For more information, follow Heard At on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram, or visit HeardAtMarketing.com. A Heard At Media Production.